0: Welcome to Here We Are, the podcast where we are co-learners on a journey to uncover stories, concepts, and themes of what makes us human. I'm Joy Bork, your travel guide for the next few moments while we explore questions, learn more about people, and follow where curiosity leads. This season, we are following my curiosity into discovering more about hope, books, pizza, gratitude, ice cream, and so much more. Today, we are dipping our toes into music! I have a non-stereotypical relationship with music. I both love it, know some about it, but compared to my friends who are totally into music and can cite the artist, song title, all the lyrics, and even the album name without thinking, I'm just a casual observer. I like the beat of music. I like to work to instrumental upbeat music a lot. I'll listen to what other people have on, but not country or anything super intense, I get too stressed. But like, don't ask me to pick a playlist. I feel anxious just thinking about it. Gah, okay. Blah. Moving on. For me, music has been a way to feel through my fingers. It has been a way to bring order in the midst of chaos. It's an oasis. It's a flow. I'm a pianist and I've played bass guitar in a few church bands since high school. And I find that there really is something amazing about how music is a connector. It's a connection from me to my instrument, from my instrument with the other musical tones. It's the band playing in sync, the audio professionals balancing everything into glorious harmony, the audience's feeling in response to the music. We are all connected by this tonal magic. I've had so many experiences where even if the band members aren't actually telling each other where they're about to go with the song, everyone just happens to know. And like a flock of birds, we all turn and soar through the air together as one. One of the musicians I've played with and worked with a lot in the past six years or so is my friend,
1: Delwyn Island.
0: As long as I've known Delwyn, he has always felt the music. His flow represents the feel and vibe of the present moment. I got to chat with Delwyn about his connection with music.
1: Music has in so many ways shaped my life and reminded me of who I am in some ways. And I'm a musician and I'm a professional musician. I do music in church and I also write and writing is one of my biggest passions. And so when I say that it has reminded me of who I am, It has been within the things that God has given me to write that when I listen back to him or I read the stuff that I've written, I'm like, wow, that's what's been going on inside of me this whole time. Like that's the reflection of the way that I've been processing all of these inputs. And so I think music has been that proverbial life raft that I've been floating on my way toward hope. Music is the medium that has the power to infiltrate our hearts and minds and souls without us giving it permission. It is the confluence of science and art and expression. I think it is an expression of who you are as a person.
0: The confluence of science, art, and expression. That statement encompasses so many things. Let's start off by unpacking the science of music. I met with
2: Megan Sturzinger. I am a music therapist in Denver, Colorado. My elevator speech, when people ask me, what is music therapy? I tell them, for me, since I work with kids, I use music to help them on functional things that will help better their lives.
0: We were able to dive into a little bit of the incredible science of how music interacts with our brains and how music therapists harness its effects
2: so the big thing around music in general is we process it differently in our brain than we do other stimuli if we were to do a brain scan of us talking our brains would light up in our speech centers in the temporal lobe when you're listening to music that speech center is still going to light up but so is the motor center so like your movement center and most of your brain is going to light up when you're listening to music because it activates so many different sensors. When you're listening to music and your toe just like instinctively starts tapping, that's because the music's activating that motor center of your brain. You're listening to it, you're processing the language of it, and so music lights up a lot more of our brain. So that's why we can With music therapy, especially, find different avenues to work on things that maybe clients are having a harder time working on in other therapies, because we're not just focusing on that speech center of the brain. We're focusing on the whole brain, essentially. One of the things I say to a lot of families when I start working with them is You know, music therapy is like a sneaky therapy, (laughs) so we can sneak in a lot of things that maybe would be a little bit more difficult in, like, traditional therapy or in physical therapy or occupational therapy. So we're really, like, using a lot of creativity, and a lot of times the kiddos don't really realize that we're working on what we're
0: working on because they're just having fun. Music is so sneaky. It weasels its way into our brains, takes control of our extremities, and helps us experience what we're hearing in our bodies. It helps us process life and learn new things. It really is
3: science.
1: When I say science and art, they're science to the pentatonic scale. You know what I mean? Like when people sing, they naturally skip over certain notes. And so People are prone to sing essentially a five-tone or pentatonic scale. And that's the science of it. When you hear a melody that's catchy, I think it taps into science and it has an effect on your brain. That's the infiltration in your mind. And then the artistic side of it is it imitates life in so many ways. That's why love songs are huge. That's why breakup songs, shout out to Taylor Swift, who had a great run of breakup songs. But songs about childhood and parenting, that's why those songs are huge and they hit people in a different way. I think of Eric Clapton's My Father's Eyes. And for anybody that's had any kind of relationship with a dad, especially a good one, you hear that song and it, it puts you in a tender place. So yeah, it is science and art and expression and it has powers over us. Yeah,
0: And I love it. This happens to me with the song Africa by Toto. When it comes on, I am reminded of so many adventures with my friend, Joanna. I don't remember which vacation this happened on, but it seemed that everywhere we went, Africa somehow happened to end up where we were. On the radio, music, inside of stores or restaurants, or in one of our heads. As Delwyn said, it is an infiltration on my mind. Hearing that song has an effect on me. I feel transported back to the goodness of unrushed days of hiking, playing cards along a fjord, or listening to podcasts while adventuring. I feel the sweet bliss of nostalgia while I pause for a moment and really listen to the song. There's science behind these emotions. Here's Megan again to tell us about it.
2: When we think about how, if we're just listening to music on a daily basis, you'll find that you have songs that you might have a big emotional response to for whatever reason. Maybe you have a past history with that song. And so when you hear it again, your memory center of your brain is going to light up and activate, and that can cause some of those memories to flood back. Sometimes like if you hear a new piece of music, whether it's a new song on the radio or a new like classical piece, or anything along those lines, sometimes people will have really emotional responses to those songs, and sometimes they can seem random and out there and weird. But like I said before, because it's activating your whole brain, it can trigger different responses.
0: I have experienced reactions like these before too. Most of the new music responses I felt happened between second and 11th grade when I was studying piano with... Melody Stroth,
4: piano teacher, musician.
0: That's about it. Melody was and is an avid observer of her students. She figured me out pretty quickly. I hated the primer books, and I loved either the really soft and moody pieces or the percussive intense ones. I figured out how to play everything else between those extremes good enough to get by. When it came time for recitals or competitions, Melody would present a few options. Being the auditory human that I am, I found great inspiration in her live samplings of these pieces. They made me feel something, which was a big deal for me at the time, as I defaulted to staying in my head instead of venturing into the scary world of emotions. Melody spoke directly to this enablement of feeling.
4: When we're sad, we can listen to music and perhaps it's comforting. When, when we need energetic movement, we can listen to music and be energized. Choral music with words can touch us in a way that other things maybe cannot, but also instrumental music can touch us in ways that we don't expect. So there are so many different kinds of music and so many different moods of music, and there's one for each mood we're experiencing. Music can be so therapeutic. And it
0: is so hard to learn. Melody used to try to inspire my sister and me, but like, let's be real here, mostly me, to practice even
4: though it was hard. Here's a classic Melody story. Well, the ice skater story was my very first story that I came up with as a teacher and as i'm watching the ice skaters on tv for the olympics and i say wow they make that look so easy and then i really think gosh there's no way i could do that because i can't even stand up on ice skates i could never do that but how do they make it look easy well they practice hours and hours and hours a day and that's our job as pianists is to not only make it look easy but make it sound easy and how do we get there the same way hours of practice.
0: And usually, that's what I needed to get through the hardest parts. But yet, just playing the notes isn't enough.
4: There's another key ingredient. You use your imagination. I have an adult student who I am constantly trying to get her to get past the notes to making music. And she's playing a lovely piece by Martha Cheryl Kelsey called A Fawn at Cades Cove. It's in the Smoky Mountain Suite. And so we were having this online lesson. So I went through each little thing and told her what I was seeing in the picture in my head. You know, here's the fawn, he's over there, he's with this little mom, and then she does this, there's this running water. And as I'm playing and trying to get her to think and imagine, and I said, now you, you try it. And for the very first time, she did it she played not just the notes on the page but she made it into music and i said oh my gosh that's it and she said i was thinking about the fawn not the notes i said that's how you do it but you have to have a control of the notes so that you can think past that i try to do that a lot and especially with my church music mm-hmm. And one Sunday, a few weeks ago, I had a lot of people comment about how, I always love your music, but this Sunday was really something else. And one of the pieces I played was a really interesting different arrangement of nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you can put your heart into that and people can relate to that because they've seen a lot of trouble lately. So I think it was moving for people to experience it in their own way, even though I was telling my story through music.
0: Last week in the storytelling episode, we learned about the storytelling trance. The story that Melody just told reminds me of that. As she was playing, she was in the moment, resonating with the trouble she has seen lately and inviting others into that experience with her. Meaningful music is both science and art. It is skill and feeling. It is brain and body and emotions. But what exactly is happening in our brains when we play? When you're actively making music, so if you're learning how to play an instrument,
2: if you're singing, if you're playing along with a band,
0: more of those
2: motor sections are going to be engaged because you're physically doing something. Whereas if you're just listening to it, you're still going to get that activation in the motor centers. It's just going to be a little bit more diminished. If you're actively making music, you're creating different neural pathways in your brain because of the activation of everything that music does. So even if you're just learning how to play guitar on your own, that's gonna rewire your brain
0: a little bit. This rewiring process is magical. We have the ability to learn, grow, and rewire even in the simple moments, like noticing the melody of a bird song, hearing rhythm in everyday situations, I do this all the time.
1: I feel music in every moment. I feel it. I feel music when somebody says a word and I do an instant kind of word association and either start singing a song or start humming or like I, it, it connects to a song that I know from somewhere back in my long ago, I hear music in the pitter patter like of my kids walking down the hallway, or I hear music just standing outside and hearing the sounds of children playing, or people walking, or people running, or people having conversations. I hear music everywhere, and I feel it that way as well. I feel like each person has a song, so to say, and and when you're in a place where so many people are just going, about is just like a a beautiful medley of everybody's song and music. And then to hear the excellence of something that's actually recorded, just feels like so many people's story went into the making of that. And it gives me a deeper appreciation for the artists themselves and for the, the product that comes out.
0: Music is powerful. Music is a feeling that may not yet have words. Music is an expression. Lynn Freeman Olson wrote a song called Rhythm Machine that I used to play when I needed to release some energy. I would play it so hard that the decorative plate that hung on the opposite side of the wall that the piano was up against would shake and my mom and sister would beg me to stop. This is one thing I could do to really feel my emotion. I had songs on the other side of the spectrum as well. Melody mentioned Martha Cheryl Kelsey's Smoky Mountain Suite. That is still one of my go-to music books that I play through when I need to calm and recenter. Music helps me reground myself when I feel out of control, and I am so grateful for that. Here are some stories about music from the
3: storyline. My name is Matt Scripps. And home for me right now is in Wheeling, Illinois, this is my story. In short, when I was young, I always struggled in school, like, a lot. I, I tested off the charts but failed in classrooms. I was told that I was lazy or stupid by a lot of teachers, and my parents were told that I needed to be punished unless I applied myself more. Then music class came along and I came alive. There was something about it that helped me focus like nothing else. Everyone was amazed at how I could keep my focus when practicing or learning music. Fast forward to middle school and high school, and when depression and anxiety hit me hard, music and being in the band room kept me afloat. I'm not exaggerating when I say that without the guidance and mentorship of my high school band director, I would have likely dropped out of high school, or worse, succumbed to the darkness that was my depression and anxiety. That major life change led me to choosing to study music education in college. Though that career never ultimately panned out, I met my wife at that school. It goes without saying that music and the music teachers that were in my life that poured into me as a child shaped the trajectory of my life and who I am today. Without them and without those experiences, I would not be where I am today and more than likely, my two-month-old daughter would not be in this world. I'm so grateful for music and the music educators that shaped my life. This is Here We Are.
5: My name is Sarah. I currently live in Chicago. Music to me is so magical. It's like a heavenly experience. It's like witnessing an artist's heart. Like, it's just, I love it. It's so good and so meaningful to me I feel like if it's a good song it brings me to tears or makes me want to dance if it's an old song or a song I loved as a kid it's like traveling back in time I feel like it's just whoever is performing the song whoever wrote the song it's basically like the most dramatic way to express how someone feels and in a world that like doesn't really allow us to be our dramatic selves like in the streets I think music is the best way to express those deep, deep depths of sorrow and then our our highest highs in ways that are almost socially acceptable. And I love music. I collect records because when I hold a record, I just imagine the person that created it, that they put their heart and soul in something and I just want to commune with them in listening to it and, and putting my own heart out as I listen to that. Every record I buy, I imagine my future kids listening to and it meaning something different to them. I just feel like it's such, it's like food in a way where you like, you share and experience things together. So I guess that's that, here we are, music.
0: This is the beauty of art. I don't know about you, but making art can be really hard for me. I am my own worst critic. And it's hard to make art when I don't actually know if it will have a purpose. Like, what am I gonna do with this once it's done? I've tangibly felt this with photography. I love taking pictures, but once I've taken them, what then is their purpose? They're gonna end up being stored somewhere in a digital format forever. I'll probably just forget about it. And then when I do find the file again, because I need to free up space on my hard drive, I'll probably just wonder, why did I take that picture in the first place? I asked Megan to help people like me with this.
2: I think all art is important because whoever's creating it, they're creating it for a reason. So maybe it's just to have fun. Maybe it's to convey a message. Maybe it's to make someone think about something they all have a purpose even if they live in a folder for 15 years and I totally understand where you're coming from the other day I was trying to write a song and I was like this is like pointless like I'm never gonna play this for anyone why Why am I doing this but the reason I'm doing it is because I have these thoughts and feelings that I need to get out of my head and yeah maybe no one will ever hear them but I know what they are and I have put them to paper so I can see them and like see them on the paper. And most of the time that helps me let them fly out of my brain a little bit. So even if there's not like a greater purpose for a song or a painting or a poem or whatever, the
0: person making it has a purpose even if they don't
2: totally know it at the time.
0: So here we are. Music as art, science, and expression. During our interview, Melody told me that there is no wrong way to experience music, which then takes me back to her statement that,
4: There are so many different kinds of music and so many different moods of music, and there's one for each mood we're experiencing.
0: To all the music makers out there, no matter your skill level, thank you for playing. Thank you for making music that helps us feel, see, and know Thank you for listening. As the character Evan Taylor said in the movie August Rush, listen, can you hear it? The music, I can hear it everywhere. In the wind, in the air, in the light, it's all around us. All you have to do is open yourself up. All you have to do is listen. As Delwyn said.
1: I hear music everywhere and I feel it that way as well. I feel like each person has a song, so to say, and and when you're at a place where so many people are just going about, it's just like a, a beautiful medley of everybody's song and music.
0: This week, may you listen with wonder, see with delight, feel with curiosity, and experience the goodness of the world around you through the magic of music. Today's episode is made possible by so many of my people. Thanks to Lisa for the logo, Delwyn Island, Melody Stroth, and Megan Sturzinger for letting me interview you, to Sarah Bell and Matt Scripps for calling in, and to Lisa, Lisa, Sarah, Chelsea, Alexis, Garen, Elizabeth, Janine, Becca, and Aunt Sharon for reviewing my script. The piano music featured in this episode was graciously recorded and provided by Melody Strath, piano extraordinaire. The song you're hearing now and the other instrumental songs were provided by Delwyn Island from his new project called This Uncertain Year.
1: It is a EP of four songs that I've written all this year that have just really been my way of expressing everything that's happened in our country from COVID to social unrest to people like Kobe Bryant John Lewis dying and uh, yeah it's called This Uncertain Year and hopefully if people hear it it'll hit a chord.
0: You can find Delwyn's EP This Uncertain Year anywhere you find and listen to music. Stay up to date with Here We Are by following our Facebook page, Instagram, and partnering with me on Patreon. You can find us on each of these platforms by searching for Here We Are The Podcast. You can send me an email at herewearethepodcast at gmail.com Or you can call the storyline at 312-620-0567 and leave me a voicemail with a story you think I should feature. I would love it if you would rate and review the podcast, as that helps us reach more people. Feel free to share this episode with a music lover in your life. Until next time, don't forget that curiosity wins. And the world needs more nerds.
1: Though the fear I feel is real to me And you, there is no fear, for there is perfect love available in this uncertain year.